Blog Talk Radio. All right, thanks for joining the Sports Bob Podcast. We're going to recap Super Bowl 53. As always, I'm your boy, Prime Source. You're in the building. Source, you there, homie? Like Source will probably be with us in a second here. But look, we're about to talk a little Super Bowl, right? And I know you guys watched that game yesterday. Um, and we're going to kick it with you, man. Um, but first of all, take care of business, man. I hope you guys will join us. On Facebook, the Sports Bob Podcast, we do these podcasts all the time, man. And yesterday we had a nice rundown of what we thought was going to happen in the Super Bowl, and it kind of went that way, and then it kind of didn't. So what you think about the game yesterday, man? Kind of went no way. That joke was a snoozer. No, I'm just kidding. I ain't going to say it's a snoozer. I'll leave that to the other people. Uh but I will say it was a slow-moving game, way less points than either of us expected or probably anybody else expected, for real. But 16 points total, that's crazy, right? Beyond crazy. Like, beyond crazy. Nobody saw that coming. And you look up and down social media the entire time, all you saw was the snooze fest, how boring this game was. Uh, one of our group members, my man Mo C. Kaiser, he's talking about him and his wife that went to Wakanda. They was watching Black Panther. They was like, forget this game. Like, <laughs> this joint was like crazy yesterday. Nobody saw it coming. But one observation I did notice, man, is that uh, mm-hmm. them Patriot fans. Yo, you managed to catch how many uh, Patriot fans was out there in the spot? Bro, you dropped it all the way out. I don't know what you said after Patriots fans the first time. I don't know. Technical difficulties, bro. Hey, I was just saying, you <laughs> see how many Patriot fans was out there? Yeah, man, that joke. I mean, Brady said it at the end. Like, it was it was like a home game out there, joint. And I believe uh, Jim Nance or Romo, one of them was talking about how it was silent when the Patriots had the ball and then it was loud when the Rams had the ball so it was definitely looking like a a home game for the Patriots no doubt about it well represented out there but we got a big defensive game man that's really what it was it was a big defensive game um like you mentioned man we we go to this this piece 16 total points scored uh we hadn't seen anything like that you had to go back to like the 71 Super Bowl uh, when the Cowboys beat Miami 24-3. That was the last time somebody held somebody to three points. Like, so I didn't see either one of these teams being held that low. I believe you had it, what, 31-24, and I had it 33-24. That's what we called yep. it. Didn't go the way that we thought it was going to happen. And if you look up and down social media, and especially in our group, man, that was a lot of cats. You know, everybody at least had it score in the 20s. Um, well, I think one of our members did mention he expected to be maybe kind of low scoring. I don't think he saw it this way. But everybody else at least had somebody scoring 20 points, man, but not, you know, less than 20 points total. But that was ridiculous. And, you know, I love defense, man. I love defense. My favorite side is football, but I love more. Oh, wouldn't I hurt things yesterday? I, why do you think the game went that way? That joke. As far as offense, uh, offenses are concerned, it was it was a struggle, but it was it was defense being played on both sides. So it wasn't just that the offenses couldn't 
muster up the yards. The defense was making them do what they wanted them to do. Game plans were in place. As we've seen, Brian Flores, uh, new coach of the Miami Dolphins, who was uh, calling those plays for, for the Patriots yesterday, was able to hold the Rams down to three points. Nobody saw that coming. Clearly, nobody saw that coming. Uh, but the real story of the Rams, well, there were two stories for me. One was how ineffective golf was. But mainly, which I mentioned on yesterday's podcast might happen, Ty Gurley was not the dominant person uh, getting the rock. It wasn't the Ty Gurley show like some people expected. That man is hurt. That man is hurt. And we're going to see, we're going to hear more about it this offseason, guaranteed. And he, he continued to reiterate after the Super Bowl that he is not hurt. Uh, I think we know. But I want to be honest with you. I never thought that the Rams running backs would really get off in this game. Uh, we talked about it yesterday, and I, and I mentioned that the Saints were the number one run defense as far as the playoffs were concerned. Um, they had defended the run better than anybody. And that's why, if you notice, well, it, you probably didn't notice because I ain't win nothing. But in our fan duel, I didn't pick either one of the running backs in our fan duel because I just didn't think that either one of them would get off. Now, I did think it would be a better performance than we got from either one of them, just a little bit. But I never expected either him or Anderson to actually go off in this football game. Um, and since we're talking about the running game and the running backs, what was crazy to me was not that the Patriots were held, uh, they held the Rams down, but it was the fact that New England actually was pretty successful for the most part running the football, even with the pressure coming up the middle. They just didn't capitalize a lot, but there was some spaces in the first half where both, you know, your man Sony Michelle and Burkhead would get a few yards here and there. They just never capitalized. But the Patriots were the more successful of the two running the football, even in the first half when they weren't scoring anything. Yeah, well, I mean, if getting a D is passing and, and getting an F is failing, then they got the D and, and the Rams got the F because neither team could run the ball. I mean, in reality, neither team could run the ball like they wanted to, I would suspect, which is part of the reason why the game was 3-3. Three to three. Go, You know, in the fourth quarter, nobody was, was putting up points. And Bra- that's what Brady, Brady had, what, 160? He had thrown for 160 in the first half. So... That 160 made no difference, just like whatever rushing yards they had <laughs> made no difference. They, they kicked two field goals, missed one, and made the other, and and that's where we were in the first half. As far as the Rams, well, the thing that, mm-hmm. that surprised me for the Rams is they never ran the wide receiver joint, the, the wide receiver sweep. They barely even faked it. They just sent the man in motion over and over and tried to run the dive to that same side. I don't know, man. That's what I was looking for. Maybe the Patriots were looking for it, too, and that's why McVay decided to go another direction. I don't understand why, especially when golf wasn't being effective and Van Noy and Hightower was living in the backfield. I don't understand why that wasn't an option. But I'm not going to question McVay. Like, he's a genius. I ain't, I'm not saying that sarcastically. I'm serious. But I just don't understand why that wasn't in the mix. 
Well, I, I disagree with you just a little bit, and not, not about them running it, you know, running and play with the wide receiver. Um, it was just the fact about the running the football. I do think um, you go back, especially on that first drive, maybe the first couple, but definitely that first drive. The Patriots actually did get a few yards here and there on the ground. I mean, they won't like turn it up, but they were getting the yards. A lot of the shortcomings came in just that on third down. Uh, well, Brady, and they converted, you know, here and there, but there was that, you know, a missed pass or a missed opportunity. Or the Rams' rush up front um, caused the whole you know, situation to shut down with Brady getting rid of the ball faster than he wanted to because he felt like he had to. But I, I liked the plan. I felt like the Patriots wanted to run the football right at Sue, you know, and come straight at him and Donald to maybe to hope to wear them down um, in the second half, and I, I do think they were effective with that. That was kind of why when we got to the second half that they were able to break it just a little bit more, just a little bit more. They didn't let it discourage them when they were stopped. Now, the Rams did have some stops. There was a couple of times as soon as Michelle or, or Burkett got straight to the line of scrimmage or just behind it, they got smacked a couple of times. Now, the Patriots returned the favor because they was nasty with it up front. Man, they had tackles for loss, seems like, every couple of plays. I mean, it was off the chain. So, for me, when I, when I looked at the defenses in this game, I looked at it like this. For the Rams, you go up and down the line, bro, there was really only a couple of names we were hearing. Like, Sue got quiet real quick. Now, he, he got in the backfield a few times, but he got to a point where you didn't hear anything from him. So, mostly it was either him. Um, I mean, it was either um, Aaron Donald. Or, or, or the Little John kid. Little John kid was piling up tackles. You know, now some of them tackles was after Michelle and them got a few yards, you know. But it was unlike what the Patriots were able to do. The Patriots had folks all over the place. One minute it was your boy Van Oy. Next it was your boy, I was say Dietrich Wise was all over the place. Hightower would make some plays here and there. The kid Danny Sheldon. Danny Sheldon was remarkable in this game, especially against the run. I just felt when we're talking about defenses and though both of them played well, when we're talking about that front seven, the Patriots were just able to get more people involved um, in, in what they were trying to do to shut down, you know, the Rams running game. Okay. We'll agree to disagree. <laughs> Go back and watch the first half, bro. You'll see what I'm saying. But uh, anyway, I, it resulted in no points. I mean, that's pretty much my my only concern. It oh, resulted no, in no, no points. I agree with you. No, I agree with you on that. It, it ain't about the point situation. I just think that if you, I think that the uh, Patriots were actually getting a few more yards on the ground here and there than people are giving them credit for in the first half. For me, when it was just a lot of missed opportunities on third down, and and most of them won't third and long. Um, we there was you know there there was some third and very manageables in there that the Patriots just didn't capitalize on. It didn't always have a lot to do with the fact that they couldn't run the ball. Just all I'm saying, um, they just were more successful in the second half. But you know, anybody go back and watch it again. Anybody and y'all make your own opinion on that. But that's how I feel about it. Um, but yeah, bro, I look at this thing. So when we get when we get to the um, so the defenses we keep when we get to the offenses, man. We spoke about this yesterday, and remember, I talked about, and I'm sure you felt it. I'm not, I'm not a genius at this. I'm sure a lot of people felt it, but I did mention I wanted to see how the young guy, as you already brought it up, golf would handle the pressure. And I'm gonna be honest with you, from the time when they were showing 
um, the national anthem and, and all that, and they were showing him on the sideline. He looked shook to me right off the bat. He looked like he was a little <laughs> uncomfortable, and they hadn't even touched the field yet. His face he had that little like dopey opie look to me. He like he was kind of shell shocked. That's just what I saw. Hey, and I, if he was, I ain't, I ain't really mad at him. Like I know we don't expect a, an NFL quarterback to be surprised or shell-shocked or overwhelmed by, by a big game. They've been in big games all their lives, pretty much. But the biggest stage in front of the world against one of the uh, one of the dynasty one of the dynasty franchises, the dynasty franchise. But I know you're gonna argue that point. But <laughs> the yep. dynasty franchise, in my opinion, uh, at this point. So yeah. He was shook. He was shook. I, w- I don't doubt that for a minute. And he didn't play well. And we heard it, uh, read it all up and down social media. Golf ain't this. Golf ain't that. I wonder, I mean, yeah, he didn't play well. And he didn't play as well in the second half of the season as he did in, in the first half of the season. I just wonder, right. like, do people just, like, did they not see him play the first half of the season? Or did they just say, hey, he's not playing well now, so he's trashed? Good question. And, and, and a great observation on that. Um, I, I don't know. I think, like, he definitely wasn't playing well towards the end of the season. And I, just, and I also think that, like, the, the Patriots coaching staff is excellent in devising the plan to, look, telling they guys, y'all got to get this heat. Y'all have to get heat, get after golf. That way, allow allow us to play a lot of man to man, in which they did. I was wondering how much man to man they were going to play on golf. Um, and this and the defense up front allowed them to do that, and they knocked them around. Um, golf, they hit them a couple of times, came close to getting a couple of penalties. But I think they could have lived with that um, as long as they could stay, you know, locked down because their intentions was to rattle him and to keep him rattled. Uh, was he the whole reason they lost the game? Nah, but his play certainly didn't help. Um, it, it definitely didn't help. But my hat off to the guys, man. I mean, the guys got after him. I think the biggest play for me in this game and for a lot of people, and I criticize him. I'm apologizing to Golf on this one. I criticized him last night at first. Remember the play uh, when he he went deep? Um, in his, well, he went long in the second half, and there was Brandon Cooks at the back of the end zone. Looked like it should have been a short fire touchdown. Right. And, um, you know, and McCordy comes out of nowhere and knocks the ball down, um, mm-hmm. you know, came out of there. At first, I criticized golf. I looked at it. I said, man, why did you put that much air under the football? And I understand some heat was coming. So I'm like, you got to stand in there. This is the Super Bowl. And I criticized him. But after I went back and watched it again, if you're adding in the heat that was coming up the middle, he almost had to put air under the ball to actually get it to the back of where old boy was standing. So I kind of take that back. I don't think that was totally his fault, but still, he just he looked a little shook to me. Oh, I'll add to that point. Uh, speaking on that specific play, Brandon Cuss can't stand in the back of the end zone and wait for the ball at all. It's the Super right. Bowl, as you stated. Why are you waiting for the ball to come to you? Step forward, and you know the defender's coming. You know the defender's coming because you're facing that direction, so you see him as well as you see the ball. Step forward, go get the ball. Don't don't let him come between you and the ball. Go get it. That's it. Wow. 
I, I'm also going to apologize just for one game to somebody else, too, and that was Marcus Peters. Marcus Peters played a heck of a game yesterday, man. And he's yeah, not talking yeah, about, balling. dude, he was balling. Look, I mean, I'm going to stand up for my corners, man. I'm going to stand up for my DBs, even though I had beef with Marcus Peters. But, man, dude shine yesterday. <laughs> we didn't hardly hear, um, you know, Tlaib's name, but we didn't have to. Tlaib was doing an excellent job of what he was doing. So it seemed like yeah. the game plan was we're going we gonna to attack Marcus Peters a little bit to see what we can get. Dude stood up like a grown man yesterday. He balled out, man. But if I'm going to give him props, I'm going to give props to another DB on the other side, man. And I, and I got to go mm-hmm. ahead and, and give it up. To, to I'm going to give it up to Gilmore. And, I, and I'm going to tell yes, you indeed. why. And it, 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 it wasn't just the interception. They continuously went after Stephon Gilmore. You could tell that that was McVay's plan. We're going to attack, we're going to attack Gilmore. We're going to attack Gilmore yes. this whole game. He's going to give up something. And whereas he gave up a little bit here, a little bit there, but every time that he did it, there was a couple of plays where there was the back down, that the back down, there was the contact that was made to uh, help, you know, dislodge the ball. He stood tall. It's just that that interception was the icing on the cake where your boy Goff went to the well uh, one too many times trying the same exact play, you know, two plays in a row. Yeah. Uh, that's funny. That's funny that you say that. Uh, I will, yeah, Gilmore balled out five tackles. He had the, the, the pick, of course, and three deflections as well. You speak of going to the well. Not like the Patriots didn't go to the well. They went to the same play, according to Romo, three times in a row. Gronk said two, but two, three, either way, they ran the same play. It yep. worked out. So I don't know if we give the same criticism to Brady if he had thrown a pick on that, that last uh, joint that Gronk went to get. On the other hand, you're throwing to Gronk, who's bigger than the defender, as opposed to throwing to Cooks, who's smaller than the defender. So, there's that as well. Yeah, well, it's, it's a difference. And, and you make a great point, man, about whether or not we would have criticized Brady, but you tend to see veteran quarterbacks have success going back to the same play for whatever reason. Fair or not that we criticize a young guy, because a lot of folks would make the argument they think that some kind of way on the first play that maybe Cooks should have came up with the football. I mean, I don't know. Oh, yeah. They all receivers. Yeah, it was tough. They, 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 yeah, it was the all receivers that we can see make that play, you know, and Antonio Brown or someone like that would, you know, maybe uh, probably come up with it. Not saying it's easy, not saying it's hard. So, But I, I'm just saying, though, it's just sometimes – you know, and I haven't had a chance to rewatch the game to check out what I may be able to pick up on the pre-snap uh, if they were showing the correct angles and all that, that maybe the Patriots knew what was tipped off and they may try the same exact play. I, I don't know. I don't know. But it's, some, it's something that seems, you know, to me that the veterans seem to have more of a uh, success sometimes of going back to the well uh, than the, a lot of the younger guys, man. But, you know, it is what it is. But the Gronk joint, though. The Gronk joint. So it's just two games in a row that Gronk came up with a big play, bro, to, to put them mm-hmm. over the top. Absolutely. Absolutely. And as he stated after the game, you know, he had to go get it. Uh, even though, I mean, it was, it was a it was pretty much a perfect play. <laughs> he was thrown in the perfect spot, I would say. <laughs> true, uh, true. And, because nobody was getting to that but Gronk. It was either Gronk or it was going to hit the ground, one or the other. 
but Gronk laid out, made the play, and it was huge. Came back on the next play, the Sony Michelle touchdown, the only touchdown of the game, and that there was the difference. But you you mentioned um, you mentioned pre-snap, the most the most beautiful part of this game was the defensive movement between like maybe two seconds before the snap and the actual snap. It was mm-hmm. like it was like perfection, especially the Rams. During, uh, specifically in the first half, they were adjusting right before the snap, and it was crazy. Like if you go back and look at it, it was crazy because. Of course, defenses adjust. You know, it's the NFL. Even in college, they adjust. Even in high school, they adjust. But these pre-snap adjust, uh, adjustments were, like, spot on as far as timing and reading the play. The one joint that I remember specifically, it was multiple, but the one joint I remember specifically is Roby Coleman coming down right before the snap and just straight uh, beeline into, I don't remember who it was, but it was a quick throw to the left, and Roby Coleman came down and uh, made a play on it. It was it was like that. The defense was was like that. Filthy, straight filthy, man. So a lot of stuff that you know, a lot of stuff we saw in this game, a lot of innovation in this game. A little bit of a chess match here and there. Um, McVeigh feels feels like that he uh, let the squad down a little bit. Um, and who knows? Who knows? We'll go back and take a look at it, I'm pretty sure. Well, it's kind of hard to say when watch this again because it, it's not the most watchable <laughs> thing in the world, right? But like past Super yeah. Bowls, I might go back and watch them NFL Network style or whatever. Uh, I, it'd be kind of tough. Matter of fact, I'll leave all the analyzers to the rest of the cast after this one. I don't know if I can watch it again. But, yeah, it, <laughs> it, it, it was crazy. <laughs> it was, I, I might have let, this one, let that one go so <laughs> I understand. Yeah, man, I but look. So, man, some interesting stuff in this particular one, man. Um, first of all, shout out to your boy, um, Van Noy, and one of the McCarty brothers. I believe it might be. Was, was it Jason that was in Cle- uh, Cleveland last year when they went 0-16? Yep, Jason. 0-16. 0-16 to Super Bowl champions in one year. That's crazy, right? It's a beautiful thing, man. It's a beautiful thing. Uh, they say God is good. That's that's what he said. If I remember correctly, he was saying God is good, and uh, <laughs> I can see why he would say that, whether he believed it or not, because uh, that, that was a rough situation in Cleveland, and to come back from that and end up here, like who would have thought it could happen? All right, so we know we know Edelman uh, got the uh, he got the MVP right. So we know he got the MVP in this game. But if you had to hand out a another MVP or helmet, stickers, whatever, who would you have given it to? Well for other folks. To be honest, I don't I don't know, to be honest, but I did see uh my guy in your Steve Miller, who's a part of the S P P group. And a Patriots fan. Last night right. he was saying Sony Michelle uh, should have been the MVP. He scored the only touchdown. True, and he did kind of uh, take over the game. Right, what eighteen rushes, ninety-four yards, something like that. 
and the only touchdown mm-hmm. of the game. So he put a stamp on it. And I believe he had the but the most yards by a rookie. Most mm-hmm. rushing yards by a rookie in the in the postseason. So there were some good things there. That's the that's pretty much unless you want to jump to the defensive side and that might be everybody. Sonny Michelle is probably the only other person that I would even think of. Definitely not Brady, uh, not Gronk. Hogan was nowhere. James White disappeared, even though I thought he was going to be MVP. I was like, man, why? They're not even letting him touch the rock. We both did. My whole fan dude lineup went down the drain because James White ain't get the rock. But anyway, yeah, if I had to pick somebody to answer your question once again, it would be Sonny Michelle for me. Well, man, it, it wouldn't be Bill Belichick if he did what we thought he was going to do, right? Especially the running, running back. It wouldn't be Bill, Bill <laughs> Belichick at all. All right, but no, nah, if it was me, I'm fine with the MVP being exactly where it went to. Hell of a game by Julian Edelman. But I'd give out some uh, helmet stickers. And I would give out helmet stickers to the entire offensive line of the New England Patriots because – you know, once again, you and I a little disagree a little bit on actually the movement of the football in the first half on the ground. Um, I thought they were just effective enough. But whether we talk about the first half, we can kick it out of the window. The second half of the game, they took over, man. They took over. Um, your boy, you, you know, started to get busy. Rex got a couple. Rex got a real nice one too, man. Like that one joint. I think we cut like maybe off tackling one up. Um, yeah, like Sony Michelle got things. Sony Michelle, it was a, it was a takeover, man. They manned up up front. And granted, I know in pass protection that heat was coming a little early on Brady, but you're looking at second half. So outside of the running, they got him enough time on that on, on that touchdown drive. You see what I'm saying? And even on a couple of plays, a play or two on the uh, jump when they had to kick the interception and put it away. So I would give that whole offensive line. I would have to give them some helmet stickers, man. They they were good. They were dominant when it actually counted. So I would definitely give all those cats helmet stickers, man. But um, that's, uh, yeah, that's, so that's real. That's real. Because yeah. Brookfield had yeah. 30, thirty yards in the second half, and Michelle had seventy-two in the second half. So between the two of them, they had a buckle two, buckle two in the second half on the ground. So definitely big up to the uh, offensive line. No doubt about it, man. So check this. You know, we about to round up and end this thing off, man. But, but I think we pretty pretty much agree. What I know, I feel like that's it for Gronk. Um, because the telling fact, it, it wasn't just the fact that uh, Dion and them asked him about it at the end of the game. It wasn't just the fact and he and he was like, uh, well, I want to celebrate this moment right now. But it's what he said after that, and then he reiterated again earlier today, is whereas he said, I'm going to take a week or two. Usually when somebody hasn't really made up their mind, it's more than a week or two. You see what I'm saying? And he said this twice now. So could he mess around and be like, um, we found out later that he's going to continue to play? Yeah, he he absolutely could. But I just kind of really feel like that this is it for him. Um, and then people also speculated, or I speculated, I ain't going to put nobody else on front street. I speculated <laughs> on our page that I don't think it's going to happen, but I wouldn't be surprised if Tom Brady pulled a fast one. 
because I'm going to tell you what was really telling about the end of this game was the time it took him to actually get on the microphone and all these extra hugs and long embraces. Like, he ain't never won a Super Bowl before. And that's speculation for another day. I know he just said he absolutely coming back. But that was kind of odd to me, the actual scene when this particular game was over, man. <laughs> I thought it was just bad timing. Uh, that was, I, it felt to me, it felt like they were in his face quick. They were in his face quicker than normal in the Super Bowl. I feel like yeah. they were, they yeah. were, he, there's no way he, he made it to anybody he wanted to make it to other than people that was right near him at the beginning, at the, uh, at the end of the game, beginning of the celebration. Cause they, Tracy Wilson was on his back and everybody else was on his back as well. Like, I don't even know how they got up to him that quickly. Like, they came out of nowhere. They didn't get a man a chance to holler at the, at the owner. Man, on the team, not the coach, not the not the MVP, <laughs> nobody. So I was like, golly, can I – let me shake the hand of the people I just beat. You know, it's the Super Bowl. It doesn't – nobody's going to turn the station because we're not interviewing Tom Brady 30 seconds after the, the final snap. Like, right, it's a celebration. Right. The man celebrate, give him a second. They ain't going, but you know, I don't have to worry about that. I'm never going to hold up a MVP trophy at the Super Bowl, so ain't my problem, I guess, right? Yeah, <laughs> you can do it on Madden. Fair, that's fair. <laughs> Even you though it's you always bitch. <laughs> well, I, I, I give up the sticks a little bit, but uh, cats like Mahomes brought me back to it this uh, this year, but. Uh, you know, it is what it is. Yeah, but the uh, but, uh, Wilson, though, you, you understand why she – I understand why she got to, to Brady quick because, first of all, she knew that that mob was coming. Second of all, mm-hmm. uh, I, learned, I learned something new maybe about a year or so ago that contractually there's always the uh, one person, and it's usually for the network that is on, that's contractu- contractually uh, obligated – to get the actual, you know, first, you know, the first uh, crack at whoever it is that is going to be interviewed on that TV set, you know, whoever's on that, whoever's on that network. So that would have been her. But I understand why she got to him quick. And maybe I'm making much, you know, something out of nothing. And yeah, you're probably right about the way they, they mobbed the man. But some of them long embraces and all this extra stuff and patting the towel boy on the head and the, the, the equipment manager. I mean, I, I don't know, man. I, I don't know. We, we guess we'll find out. Yes, we'll find out. So that's my final thoughts. And you got it? You got anything else? Man, I'm not even going to complain. Like, I, you know, the halftime show was what it was. Oh yeah, talk about that. It, it was fine. It was it was fine for what it was. It was it was Maroon Five. I, I got no problem with Maroon Five. I just don't know what Big Boy was doing. Travis Scott was the, the hypest part of the whole joint, but still, if the best we can do is ATL Hope, if, if that's the highlight of the performance for me, and ain't nobody kneel, ain't nobody throw up a fist, I can't get a knee, <laughs> nothing, not nothing, not nothing. <laughs> Come on, man. Somebody do something. Tusk. I don't mean taking the shirt off like Janet Jackson. Looking like Freddie Jackson, 
No, man. No. No. Oh, and yeah, one last thing. Be sorry, Brian. With that. Uh-huh. Go ahead. One last thing. The greatest commercial ever in the Super Bowl. Yes. Yeah. That thing, that NFL 100 commercial, the 100 was yeah. beautiful, man. That jump was that jump, man. I don't know. I might find that joint right now and just watch it like five times in a row. It was beautiful. That joint was nice. That joint was easily the best commercial uh, of the night, man. Easily the best commercial of the night. And as far as the performances, man, all, all I'm going to say is uh, I've stated a billion times I am a Maroon 5 fan. Uh, not their greatest performance. I, I, I know a lot of women will differ, but uh, not their greatest <laughs> performance on that. Big Boy, you know, I like Big Boy, but it seems to me they just, well, we got to get somebody from ATL to agree to do it and just threw him in mm-hmm. there real quick and just sort of show his face on there. And, you know, they got Peter all upset, you know. <laughs> I mean, like, you know, it's 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 crazy. And, yeah, and Travis Scott, yeah, he was hype. I mean, he was hype. Like I say, he, he does this thing. But um, I, I have to mention, since we talk on performances, I think I thought Gladys Knight, through all the controversy, was exceptional. And I got mm-hmm. to show some love for Chloe and Holly. They killed that. What's the joint they be saying now? They did that. You know what I'm saying? You know, they did that. You know, yeah, I got to I try to fit in with the times, man. But, yeah, they, they did their thing. They were a <laughs> Exceptional, dog. I mean, for real. I mean, the females got talent, and I like the little uh, Beyonce-ish thing they kind of threw in there since that's kind of their mentor and the person that's got their back. But I, I had to shout out Chloe and, Holly, you know, Chloe and Holly, man. Hashtag Gronish. Yeah. Indeed, Gronish is the show. Oh, no, no doubt, no doubt. So that concludes it. Football is done. Well, NFL is done. For the year, Patriots are champions. Well, yeah, yeah, we <laughs> we ain't going by talking about the other league. We just we do that for the but uh, yeah, football is done. <laughs> football is done for the year, man. It's it's a done deal. It's over and done. Um, so next up for us will be NBA, which we'll be having uh, some probably uh, what this weekend. So we'll be talking yeah. about. But thanks everybody for rocking with us NFL style. But it's time to talk some hoops. And, man, I can't wait because we got a lot of stuff to talk about, man. Like, topics popping off the chain just in these past two weeks. Um, and we're approaching All-Star, so we're going to have some NBA for you guys uh, sometime this weekend, probably towards the end of the weekend and all that. But I enjoyed it, Source. I enjoyed it, man. So it is what it is, man. You want to take us up out here? Yeah, man. As far as the NBA, just throw it out there. Trade deadline is Thursday, 3 o'clock Thursday trade deadline. So whatever's going to go down, it's going to go down before then. Hopefully we can get some questions from the people at the end of the week. We address them on Sunday or over the weekend whenever we do the podcast and get this NBA thing rolling. You know I love the NBA, so I'm excited. Can't wait. One love to the to the Patriots. Eagles are now no longer the Super Bowl champions. So I guess I will let that go. I will never let it go. But for the moment, I'll just let the Patriots rock. Bernice, Steve, Brian, Jawan, Jonah, anybody else I missed, congratulations. 
Rock on. And with that being said, we about here. SVP, y'all. Chill.